Well, it all kind of started... It actually started in Mansfield at the Granada. Really? Which is now long gone. And, and at the ABC, which is now long, long gone. Long gone, yeah. I think the building's still there, that's it. Um, and I used to go to Saturday matinees there and... Um, and I used to watch the, the, the cowboy films. They were our heroes, you know, Roy Rogers and Gene Autry. And, and that's what made me want to be in a... Well, have a guitar, at least, you know. That's what kind of got me into guitars and music. Um, and after that, I uh, I got a little guitar. Um, my mum bought me my first one when I was 12. Is that um, down in town, by the way? Down in Mansfield? That was in Mansfield. We used to live on Clifton Place. And now, this is another thing. that Just, just before you go on, you see, because a lot of people I know say... I know Alvin Stardust from the old days, and every time you ask somebody where you actually lived, every, every everybody comes back with a different place. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I do get right? people. Someone came up to the other day and said, "You used to go to the youth club with my mum." I said, "Where was that?" Yeah. And I thought they were going to say the co-op yeah. in Mansfield, just under the railway arch. Right. And she said, "Oh yeah, in Reading." And I said, <laughs> I said I'm sorry. I said, but I've never lived in Reading. I don't really know. But people do get... I said, you're perhaps you're thinking of Wayne Fontana. <laughs> and they said, oh, I don't know, you know, because it's Shane Fenton and Wayne Fontana, similar, you know, similar names. But but that's... that. It all started off then, really, with okay. Cowboys. In fact, um, uh, my my auntie Vi, uh, was my, my favourite, and my mum's sister, my auntie Vi was my favourite auntie, um, had twins, David and Marion. And, uh, and and they eventually moved to Mansfield. Right. So they've been in Mansfield for years now. And on my first guitar, um, I, the first song I ever learnt to play, I remember I stood at the side of their pram <laughs> with this old guitar, and it, and it was a Roy Rogers song. It went... Go on. A four-legged friend, a four-legged friend, he'll never let you down. He's honest and faithful right up to the end. That wonderful... And if you could sing the next line, you're too old. I, I shouldn't can. be listening to this stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't, and I'm proud of it. I'm yeah, absolutely. It. And, it was like, and do you know, sometimes I do that on stage and the whole audience sing... Wonderful one, two, three, four-legged friend. That's the one. But, but it, 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 was, it was only a couple of years ago. I was at Wembley for, with the Eagles were over. And uh, breakfast television were in doing an interview, and the reporter was trying to. She said to the guys in the band, because uh, I know Joe Walsh and a couple of the other guys, um, said, uh, you know, well, can you tell us what made you want to be in the music business? And they said, well, you know, I, uh, well, I kind of, you know, and they were kind of humming and ahhing a bit. <laughs> and she turned around to me in desperation and she said, um, how about you, Alvin? You've been in the business a long time. I said, yeah, a long time. She said, what made you want to be in the business? So I said, oh, I can't tell you. You'll laugh. And she said, no, no, do, please. So I said, well, it was Roy Rogers. I said, you know, because he was the singing cowboy. And Joe and two of the other guys in the Eagles said, man, I got every record Roy ever made. He's, he's a great country singer. And, and I thought, well, I'm not in bad company. <laughs> no, no, I told that. <laughs> but going back, back to Mansfield then, uh, where did you used to live? Clifton Place. Was right? Clifton Place? Yeah, West Hill Drive. Yeah. Clifton Place. It was a little cul-de-sac with five houses on and we had the best house of course number five because yeah. number six was the nurse's house all the nurses used to live in there really? so when i can <laughs> remember these fabulous nurses coming in and out with their uniforms on and they used to sleep there in the evenings you know and uh, always, i'd be, always be sitting on the wall saying hello you know <laughs> <laughs> so shane fenton and the fentons then how did that come about well i we used to, everyone used to go to, well we used to go to the youth club the co-op youth club 
and we play snooker opposite. There's some snooker rooms there. And then at weekends, we'd go to get on the bus and go to Papplewick Lido right. and take little record players and you know and play on, out in, in the gardens and everything. And, and from there, I found I realized found out that there was a, a dance going on at the Pally, and it was called the Wednesday Hop, I think, or something like that. And uh, and I went there and and kind of saw, saw this band playing, and it was Johnny Theakston and the Tremolos. And uh, I just, they blew me away completely. Um, and Johnny used to, he was a big fan of Cliff's, um, and he used to look a bit like Cliff and, and dress a bit like Cliff because it was like a good angle to use. Um, but it, the worst thing about it was that he actually was, I actually think he was better than Cliff. <laughs> yeah. He had a better voice and he was better looking and he moved better. Um, no, no disrespect to no. Cliff, you know, but, um, but I think that would have been a problem because yeah. they wouldn't have wanted another <laughs> cliff with it but um, but he was massive he was so popular and I felt great because I became a mate of theirs and they let me sing a couple of songs um, and then I, I went I used to go to the rehearsals and I went right to Johnny's house one day now he lived on West Hill Drive just the other side of Cliff no, yeah. to me and uh, when we got there he, was, he wasn't there his mum said I'm afraid he's been taken into hospital he's not well um, and uh, so we said oh what's wrong he said well he, he had a a weak heart from when he had an illness when he was a little boy um, anyway within a week uh, we heard he died so the band kind of just split up we were all like 16 year old you know and uh, we were devastated um, but what I didn't know is that Johnny had sent a tape to the BBC in London of the band saying right. could we like to do a broadcast uh, but they put it in a brown envelope and just addressed it to the BBC London <laughs> with a note saying, if this comes to the wrong department, would you mind passing it on? Well, can you imagine now? It's still isn't a different, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Bindi, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they passed it on and the, the producer of Saturday Club, Jimmy Grant, wrote back to Johnny, um, care of his house, saying they'd like the band to go and do a, a radio test. So Johnny's mum and dad came round to my house and said, look, we don't think Johnny would want the band to miss out on an opportunity like this will you reform the band and will you sing with them so I said well yeah of course I will I'll ask them anyway and they said but we got one real big favour will you use the name that Johnny thought of which was Shane Fenton he wanted an American sounding yeah. name um, so I didn't even hesitate I just said yeah so it was a sad way but a, a kind of a, almost like a, a Disney story really it was Hollywood you know I suddenly got this break because of a sad incident and we did the radio show picked up a recording deal at EMI and yeah. and the rest is history really and it was rock and roll for a few years and then came the name change from Shane Fenton to Alvin Stardust yeah yeah and it was funny because it was at that time when I became Shane Fenton it was actually before it was 50 years ago to this year in March I got on the bus in Mansfield marketplace and went to Doncaster to see Buddy Holly in the crickets and I took my guitar with me which my mum had bought me when I was 12 I'd learned to play a few chords and it's a long story but I got backstage and met Buddy in the crickets and I played Peggy Sue in the dressing room fantastic that yeah and the tour manager said would you like you know we've got to get ready for the show would you like an autograph before you go and I said oh yeah and no one could find a pen or a piece <laughs> of paper so I said I've got a pencil in my guitar case so I looked and of course no paper all I could think of was I said would you sign my guitar and this is the old guitar here really and if you look very carefully oh, on, on the top there amazing, that is. you'll see now Buddy I'm Holly 
Robin and Jerry, and they don't think the, the viewers can hear this. Right, I don't think so, but you shouldn't really pass this to me because it looks very expensive. It's just insured for... Two million American dollars, so it's about a million pounds. And I am very, very clumsy, so watch out. But if you look all the way around it, you'll see... Uh, I carried on, and I've got... Um, I, I did a tour with um, uh, Billy Fury, Marty Wilde and Joe Brown. They all signed it. Then, of course, I was with EMI with the, on Parlophone with the Beatles, and we did the Albert Hall together, and they signed it. And then the Stones signed it. Um, so I got Brian on there as well. And then some of my idols locally people like Dave Berry and, and all that you know Chuck Berry Chuck Berry um, I went to Manchester in 1960 you're okay with that uh, yeah, I'll get it, with the, no, so Paso, with the I, it but I've got to tell you we're tentatively hanging it handing it across <laughs> my front here, but it was in my mum's garage for I don't know really years Just and years and years yeah doing nothing yeah and when she died about five years ago I, I emptied a, a flat out and we just put everything in my garage and it, it, it's very hard, you know, when you've got to go through your mum's stuff, as people out there will know. And uh, I, I, it took me two years before I had the heart to kind of start searching through it. And I found this old found guitar that. case. And that was it. And I thought, I thought she'd chucked it. My mum used to have this saying, <laughs> she was a real cockney, she used to say, if in doubt, sling it. <laughs> yeah. Mansfield, 103.2. I've got to apologise for the strings on this. I just grabbed a guitar on the way out of the house this morning and the strings are rotten on this. But... It's a nice Epiphone guitar, though. It is. I will tell everybody that. Gibson J200. Um, it's uh, uh, the 50s rock and roll I love. In fact, I've just been in and started working on an album of a jazz version of some of the songs. Because on stage we do, I like, I, uh, we do Hound Dog. Well, the first time I heard Hound Dog, it was Big Mama Thornton. Right. And she didn't do like a, um, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. You know, she did it um, like this. Uh, you ain't nothing but a hound dog Snooping round the door You ain't nothing but a hound dog Snooping round the door You ain't never caught a rabbit I ain't gonna feed you no more So it's all kind of bluesy stuff. Yeah. And, um... And I used to love um, uh, Carl Perkins. It was a big idol of ours. And, of course, his was the big, the famous... Uh, well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get a red and I'll go, cat, go. But don't you step on my blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything. Get off of my blue suede shoes. But we went in just recently with a friend of mine um, who was a musical director for just... Got, got a Tony on Broadway last year for Stephen Sondheim's uh, Sweeney Todd, but she loves jazz and blues now. And, and we did a, a, a version of Blues where she was, which went, uh, if I remember, something like this. Get the right key. <laughs> One for the money and two for the show. Three to get ready now. Shoes. You can do anything. Get off of my blue suede shoes. Well, you can burn my house, steal my car, 
and so on. You know, it goes on. That's right. But, but it's, it's just going to say, it's, it's that kind of song that can lend itself nicely to a, a jazz feel well, as well. It's been, as well as being out, out in that rock and roll. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, but when I, I suppose it's because they were just written by somebody with a guitar sitting there going, you know, like... <laughs> that's how they used to write. Yeah. I'm even out of tune. <laughs> anyway, uh, things like, That's all right, Mama. That's all right for you. That's all right, Mama. Any way you do, well, that's all right. And they just just get the guitar out and sing, you know. I mean, I, I remember hearing a story about Elvis. It was his mum's birthday, apparently, and he, he, he wanted to give her a present, so he went into a record booth where you put a dollar in. Yeah. And took your guitar in. And then you stood there, and he must have gone in with his guitar and just stood there and gone, that's all right, mama. And uh, when he finished, it, yeah. you know, pressed the button, yeah. waited, and a, and a, a, a lacquer, you know, a, 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 that's a right. vinyl record came out, and he gave it to his mum as a present. And I thought, wow, that's cool. It's, it's a great story. You can't even do that these days, yeah. you know, which, right. which you should be able because to. Because in Mansfield at that time, I would think there was absolutely nothing like it. In fact, in the UK, you just, just could not do that. No, you? no, it was Sid Booth's. <laughs> It was great. That was, was, that that was, was the boot, record right. store. Yeah. You could go in there and get get a vinyl record out, and they'd put it on for you on the counter. Yeah. And you could go to a booth, put the earphones on, and listen to the record you wanted to buy before you bought it. Before you thing, bought it, yeah. Which is pretty good going. I mean, there's songs like uh, the one chord, I reckon, sometimes you can get. And you kind of know it's going to go, Well, <laughs> Bebop Lula. I'm not going to do it, but that's the. Uh, that's the you know you, you just and this uh, one of my favourites is uh, and I just a favourite of Sting as well. I heard him being interviewed. He said, "Just three chords and you know the song." There's, now, there's. now there are three steps to heaven. Listen, and you will plainly see. Life travels on And things Do go wrong Just follow Steps one Two and three Step one You find A girl to love And it just sits so nice With the guitar yes, yeah. Lovely, love them all also, too, it's not just music, are you? I mean, kind of being in loads and loads of things like acting as well. What made you get into that, or how did you get into that, really? Uh, same as everything else, really. I kind of fall into it. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I was being managed by um, uh, Hal Carter in 1973, who was Billy Fury's tour manager when I first did a tour with Billy in 60. And, um, and he was looking after Marty and Joe, and he had a friend called Peter Shelley, who was a record producer, who just started with a new label they'd written a song he'd written a song called Cuckachoo got a demo wanted someone to sing it and he'd asked Marty Marty yeah. didn't want to do it so he asked I don't know God knows who else he must have asked <laughs> and they all said no and then Hal said to me do you want to do it <laughs> yeah. and I said am I the last one he said no 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 <laughs> so I said sounds familiar so I said what's it going to cost you know and he said nothing so I said I'll do it you know? <laughs> so I did and of course I it, I, I, I went away. They said, we can't use the name Shane Fenton because we won't get any plays on Radio 1. So we'll think of a name. It's somehow or other they came up with the name Alvin Stardust. And I just went back. I was doing a gig in Manchester. I remember the night I'd heard the, 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 the first thing. And I said, uh, That's, that, no one's ever going to buy a record called My Cuckoo Chew by someone with a, a prat with a name like Alvin Stardust. 
And of course, how wrong can you be? It just blew me away completely. No, I heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm about to find out that the name Alvin Stardust, uh, Alvin Stardust was given to you by Michael Levy. Uh, later he became Lloyd Levy. Is that right? Well, no, Michael owned the company. Right. And it was a combination of Anne Bishop, who was a plugger, and she plugged everyone from the tremolos to right the way through. Um, a lot of big 60s names. Um, PJ Proby and all those kind of people. And, and Michael Levy and Pete Shelley. Yeah. And I kind of threw a little bit in at the end. But it was really all of them just thought of the name. Alvin Stardust. It certainly worked. Yeah, it certainly did, yeah. It certainly worked. And it was a similar thing with the acting. I, the 70s came and went, and I thought, that's it. I've, it's all over now, you know, I've had my crack at a whip. And then in 1981, I got a phone call from Peter Waterman, who had been a plugger at um, Magnet Records. Yeah. And he said, I've got this song, it's the number one, we've got to record it. And I said, Pete, and you're a great bloke, I said, but Alvin Stardust, 1981, we ain't going to get a deal, you know. And he said, we'll get a deal. I've got Pete Collins, who's just had a number one all over the world with Pass the Dutchie. He's going to produce it. I said, oh, go on then. It cost us £500 to record. Yeah. Uh, we took it around the stations. Everyone liked it, but no one would take it because it was Alvin Stardust, which was a 70s right, thing, you know. Right. Except Dave Robinson at Stiff Records. Well, talk about falling on your feet. Dave had Elvis Costello, Madness... Uh, Lena Lovish, Ian Jury and the Blockheads. I mean, it was the cred label. Mm. And they took me on. And of course, it came out it, and it was number one in about eight territories around the world. And that kind of sparked the 80s all Did off it, again. Yeah. And then, of course, I bumped into Mike Batt. Went to, uh, um, stiff folded. And then I bumped into Mike Batt and he wrote me a song called I Feel Like Buddy Holly. Um, which, again, we'd, we, we just took into Chrysalis Records and Chris Wright wanted it. And they were the biggest independent label at the time. And suddenly I'm, I'm on this, in this new stable with Billy Idol, Ultravox, Spandau Ballet, <laughs> Real Blondie. Real direction. Yeah, yeah. God, it was terrific. So they gave me a load of records. And then the 80s finished and I thought, where do we go from here? And I got a phone call from an agent saying, they're doing a tour of, national tour of Godspell. Do you want to do it? And of course I'd seen David Essex do it. Yeah. And I thought, oh, it's a funny piece, that's great, you know. <laughs> so I did it, and then that led, I got then asked to do the Marcus of Queensbury and Oscar, and then Uriah Heep and David Copperfield, and a few others. And then I did a couple of tellies, I did the Grimleys and things like that, and, and Holly Oaks, I did the first couple of series. Yes, she was, yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. I, I've forgotten about that. Yes, yeah. you were, were you? you could, if you'd have known me then, you could have come and had a drink, it was <laughs> my fault. Mansfield, 103.2. I was doing playing Phantom, right. and uh, I'd come off stage and we, I went into the bar for a drink. And um, Michael Rose, who's the producer of um, the Chitty, came into the bar and he said, "Hello, Alvin. I didn't, didn't realize you were doing this theatre stuff." I said, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm having a go. It's it's a bit of fun." And he said, "No, no, serious. Said, Will you do the child catcher for me at the Palladium?" And I thought he was winding me up because <laughs> it was a part that everyone wanted yeah. then, and. Um, so I said, oh, crikey, yeah. So I did, the, I did the last. He said, don't tell anyone. This is going to be the last six months at the Palladium. And once everyone finds out, you won't get a seat. And, of course, he was dead right. right. But for me, it was fantastic. Because my daughter, who's seven now, right. she was six, five and a half, six when I did it. And because um, she came and saw me. She was frightened. I had to <laughs> take her in the dressing room to see me stick the nose on and the bald head <laughs> yeah, and everything. Right. And I had to do the voice for her, you know. Um, but because she was able to bring her friends from infant school 
back to the Palladium, come and see the show, and then I could take them on stage and let them see Chitty on stage, which right. was magic. And Millie and I, together, were very, very lucky because we got to fly in Chitty. She does a practice run <laughs> every day before the show just to make sure everything's working okay. It's not frightening, though, or not? It's frightening because, yeah. well, no, uh, uh, you know, people don't understand. I mean, Chitty, it seriously is a magic car and she can fly yeah. and once you get in her any doubt she've got her out the window because <laughs> she takes off and she takes off vertically and then she goes, does a sweep around then she comes down going down vertical as well when she comes off the cliff you know that's right and Millie's saying to me it's alright dad just hold tight I'm driving <laughs> it was just a magic moment it was great right back to the rock and roll if I ask you nicely Alvin can you finish off with a nice rock and roll song for me yeah Gosh, um, mm. I know loads of rock and roll, so I just can't think of one offhand. How about, uh, it, it's a rockabilly song, really, basically, yeah. but it's, um... Pretend you're happy when you're blue It isn't very hard to do And you will find happiness without an end If you pretend Remember, anyone can dream And nothing's bad as it may seem The little things you haven't got Could be a lot if you pretend You find a love you can share one you can call your own Just close your eyes and you'll be there You'll never be alone I just realized I'm playing it a tone lower than I should be playing it, so it's very down there, and it should be it's more up there. It sounded absolutely brilliant. Oh, Thank it's you. Been, uh, ever, so, ever so good to talk to you. But just before you go, everybody's talking about a certain lady in Mansfield, which is Rebecca Adlington, the swimmer. Just want to know what, what you think of her, Alvin. I was in tears. i got to say, I watched both events, and I, the first time, I, che- well, I thought, God, that could be, that could be my daughter. <laughs> and... She's from Mansfield. That's right. And, and it, there's, I, I don't care where you are around the world, there's something about where you were brought up that's very special. And um, Julie, my wife, and I, we, it's our 20th, what, well, 21st anniversary, because we've been together 21 years, uh, this year. And uh, every time we come up this way and out, we call in Mansfield or we go to Southwell, Southwell, mm. you know, Southwell. Um, she always says, why don't we move up here and live here? Because it's so nice, you know, and yeah. I keep saying... Well, I could easily do that, don't tell me, you know. <laughs> but, but she's done. I yeah, mean. it was just fabulous seeing her win like that. It was just amazing. And and the thing about it was, I read in the paper the next day, because then a couple of other people started winning, and, and a lot of teenagers are doing really well. Yeah. And it said in the paper, can't some of our footballers, musicians, and politicians take a tip and behave like some of these athletes, you know, yeah. be decent and... That's right. And be humble. And not yeah. cocky and, you know, no. and snorting cocaine and all that kind of stuff. Not, not that any politicians out there would ever do anything like that. <laughs> no, but of course not, no. Alvin, By the way, it's yeah. a thrill being here. <laughs> is it really? Seriously, not because of the radio station. No. Because <laughs> this used to be Bronx Grammar School. Yes, it did, that's right, It was yeah. the posh school in town and we all thought, oh, I wish we could go there. <laughs> but you didn't, though, did you? No. <laughs> I did better than that. I went to Southern Minster. Brilliant. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks, Alvin.